Hello and you're very welcome to another edition of the Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch and as usual I'm joined in studio here by Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, very welcome. Thank you Fergal. Bit of a mental one up there in the newsroom this morning Jimmy. The uh, old elections of everybody at... Everybody stretched to their capacity. Yeah, yeah. We're just going through the pages now, uh, Fergal, all right? It's a lot of hard work goes into getting elected, but I see just from the the, the news reporters up there this week, of, of which you, uh, you'd have helped them out as well time to time. It's a busy newsroom up there this morning trying to correlate everything together. It's not an easy job, so we better get cracking into this uh, podcast to let you get back up to helping the news boys get going. I suppose there's nowhere, nowhere else to start, only in Port Leash last Saturday evening, um, Mead coasting to a 218 to nine point victory over Carlo in the Leinster Football Championship quarter final. I think we had spoken last week on the podcast. You you were saying that a win is a win, and the first priority is just get over the line. And no matter how much how or by how little or by how much getting the win was important. Whereas I was kind of been a little bit more focused on the performance and how we needed to bounce back from the poor display against Offaly. Um just to prove that that was only a blip. And I think both of us got our wish. They got over the line, they got the win, and it was an impressive enough performance. Very impressive display, Fergal. You know, okay, I know Carlo um, relegated, what, to Division 4 this year. Division 4 now, yeah. You know, they're not not the strongest uh, team in in Leinster, we know by far, but uh, they're certainly, um, they they had the ability to, to, to make... Make it very tough for Mead in the way they defend and really push back. But Mead, that was one of the impressive. We we spoke last week, Fergal. You mentioned it as well about how how Mead have have struggled in the past to to overcome teams that you know uh, park the bus. Yeah, there were still instances of that. I thought on Saturday, Mead flew out of the traps and were looked brilliant in those first. I think it was first eight minutes when they went four nil up, and they looked really really good. Um, actually, it was three nil up. Uh, and and then they kind of fell asleep, well, yeah. and uh, got but then got to four nil after about twelve minutes. But they only scored one point in in a twenty minute spell there. That's right. And, that was good. Uh, yeah. When Carlo funneled everybody back again, okay, you might say Mead struggled to break them down. Maybe they didn't push too hard to break them down. They were patient. They retained possession. They looked for though. They were like a a boxer just throwing out the left jab, just trying to land it on the chin of their opponent, just to let them know that they're there. And if they dropped their guard at any stage, they were going to burst through. Uh, so, when that guard was dropped, uh, it was the the thunder hammer of a right hand punch that came from Donald Kyogen really on two occasions to set up both goals. Um, that really proved to be the difference that that broke down that blanket defence. So Kyogen's input and picking out pinpoint passes to both Mickey Newman and uh, Porrick Harnan for the two goals, which came in a three-minute spell, that was really the crucial period. But Mead, I suppose, yeah, they did find a way, but they were patient with it. They were patient, uh, but I think a very significant aspect of their performance was a number of turnovers they achieved and it was one of those turnovers now I'm going back and I'm going to memory here that Killian O'Sullivan made that led yeah. to, to uh, the I think it was Harnan's goal um, so it was it was that kind of the, the, I think the Rave really worked on that yeah it's a real tackling tenacity players, and a but it, I mean to tackle players and dispossess them when the when the opposition players as they're going through the, the defence they really worked on that and uh you know, Shane Galler was another. Uh, you know, yeah, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, yeah he really was, uh, Gavin McCoy, another. You know, who, who was able to uh, execute, execute turnovers, and it was it was that uh, 
um, now sometimes Carlo were able to get to play the ball out. You know, I, I, you're a Liverpool fan, Fergal. You know that the, so we're not going there just yet. Uh, the term that uh, Klopp uses for pressing, dang and pressing, yeah. dang and pressing, right? Okay, so I mean. That's what they they tried to use a few times. It worked very well a lot of the time. It it closed down the space. Sometimes Carlo were able to play the ball out, kick the ball a bit longer, pass it a little longer over the the heads of the uh, pressing players. We'll call them, and um, so. But but otherwise, I think you can see how Mead and the last since the since the Offaly game have been working on a very important, uh, crucial aspects of their play. That pressing, I think, was more coordinated. Uh, the the turnovers were more uh, in numerical, uh, you know, they're, they're greater in number, and uh, they led to um, that goal and and probably led to other scores as well. So I don't, I don't think we can avoid the fact either. Now again, I, I know you said that you don't think Carlo are are one of the strongest teams in Leinster. That's a bit of an understatement, but. Uh, uh, also in the fact that they were without suspended Brendan Murphy, uh, they didn't have their alleged coaching genius partnership on the sideline of Turlock O'Brien and Stephen Poach who were also suspended and then to lose Paul Broderick so early into the game who would have been their main attacker then that the sending ri- off ridiculous sending Murphy. off of Sean yeah. Murphy ridiculous on his part the referee uh, I thought Barry Cassidy actually had an excellent game did, on, yeah. on Saturday and referees too often were, were quick to criticise referees I thought when you talk about those turnovers and the pressure that Mead put on Carlo and at times Carlo players were surrounded by three, four Mead lads that knocked the ball away and swept it up and took it away. Other referees blow that up and, you know, a foul could have went against Mead. But I thought Barry Cassidy actually had an excellent game and I'm not one to praise referees too often, but the referee had absolutely no option only to send off Sean Murphy, uh, grabbed Donald Kogan by the neck and and gave him a, a a, a bit of a swipe across the face and then lashed out with a second clean slap across the face, which... uh right in front of the referee and the linesman kind of really foolish thing to do um, and then Daniel St. Ledger uh, who collided I can't remember who it was with in midfield I think it could have been Killian O'Sullivan with just a, a punch to the gut as Killian O'Sullivan was running by him he was lucky it wasn't a red card as well but referee saw it as impeding the run off the ball and gave him a black card then of course Owen Root picked up a black card for his foul on uh, I think it was Graham Riley for the penalty and um, so, you know, Carlo shot themselves in the foot, but even before that sending off, Mead were 2 9 to 7 points up. As you yeah, said, the oh, two goals yeah, were crucial. Mead were, it was, the issue was never in doubt, but it allowed them to add a bit of gloss onto the scoreline and, and give them that confidence boost now ahead of a semi final. Yeah, I mean, the game was was wrapped up well before the sending off, so it's not really a factor in, in this encounter. But were you concerned then, Fergal, about the, you mentioned about the, that fade out again? We, we've mentioned this before, how yeah. in every game seemed to fade out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it was as much a fade out this time as more of a, a kind of a, a step back and, and easing up off the, off the pedal for a brief spell. Um what happened was Carlo funneled everybody back behind the ball. Car- they set off with set out with a defensive structure, which Mead ripped apart and got four points to no score ahead. And then they thought, you know what, we're going to go ultra defensive. So Mead just had to react to that. And instead of pumping in long ball or taking a risk, they were patient and they held on to the ball, which resulted in that spell without a score. There were spells too, Fergal, though, but when Mead had everybody behind the ball too. Yeah. And that, yeah. Was, that was something that I, refer, I, I alluded to afterwards when I was talking to Killian O'Sullivan. I know yeah. we, we have some quotes from Killian. Yeah. But he was just saying that this is not a strategy that Mead have 
pre-planned before they go out for any game. It's just the way the game unfolds. Like everybody brings the ball. You're just following players back. You're following the ball. And if if the uh, team pours forward, you're just following them back. Yeah. So yeah. you're not really uh, parking it's not a the bus. Defense strategy <laughs> oh, sort of thing. We, well, Mead we'll certainly weren't st- parking the bus we'll against to, Carlo. And no, no, but I mean that that's well. It, at times you you it, it did, but it, not not in an intentional well, look. If, if in Carlo, intentional way. If Carlo started to commit when the game was gone beyond them at that stage, um, they had to commit men forward. So if they started committing 12, 13, 14 men into attack. The mean forwards aren't just going to sit up in their full forward line or half forward line and sit looking at their half backs and the full back line galloping forward and let them do it. Of course, they have to track back and follow their men, which is going to lead to everybody in one half of the game, one half of the field. But it's what they do then when they turn over the ball. And it was highlighted on the Sunday game quite clearly that when a couple of times when Carlo did turn over the ball with their blanket defence, they were so slow to break. Okay, and that well, that was one of the aspects whereas of the Mead game. Whereas me broke quick, quick, yeah. quick, 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 and especially with Don Kyogen again, who I thought was immense. Well, I I thought uh, and Brian Menton was Parry brilliant as well. Harnan, Harnan exactly. he was yeah. immense now in yeah. in that in, in transferring the ball from defensive situations to attack. He really brought an awful lot, a new dimension to this team. I thought yeah. you know he looked fit, he looked strong, obviously a very strong player, and he was really uh, a powerhouse there for me. No, he's been chomping at the bit to get back into the team. You know, well he, you can he, see that. He, yeah. He sacrificed Sacrificed a lot. He was he was working um, in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia, and I'm not sure in Australia, but in New Zealand. New Zealand anyway, and he was farming, do, he yeah, was doing a bit of work down there, and he he made the call to come home, and and when he came home, then he made the call coming back from a bad leg break as well. He made the call that he was throwing his lot into Mead, and a, a player of his standard and talent to have to sit back and and only get the odd chance here and there in the league was frustrating for him of absolutely no doubt so yeah, he well, certainly I think took he, his chance on, he, on Saturday with he both he clearly hands. had a lot of a long way to go to uh, to um, get full fit to, get to acquire that full fitness again but he's got there he's yeah. there and he's back and that's great news uh, yeah, for, great. for and, me and it gives manager Andy McIntyre a headache now with uh, you know Porrick came in to, to fill the role um left by James McEntee, who went over on his ankle in the game against Offaly. And now, James, if it was necessary, would have been able to play, but he was able to call on an able deputy there in Porrick Harnan. And uh, he certainly put his hand up now, and it's going to be a difficult selection uh, meeting, I'd say, for the next game. Yeah, well, I think he, he mentioned it after. This is the, the kind of headache that he wants to have. Uh, I suppose any manager wants to have that kind of... Yeah, do you know what uh, we do? We just take in the uh, the interview that we did with Andy. This is uh, There was a few of us involved, but uh, I was just asking some of the questions as well. A few of us involved in the post-match interview with Andy McEntee in the belly of the stand in Amour Park. You, you will hear a bit of background noise as the PA announcer is going off and, and the dubs are going out onto the field. But uh, we'll just have a listen to the interview with Andy McEntee after the game against Carlo on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, happy. Uh, yeah, look, glad to uh, glad to get it uh, over with and, and get a, a performance like that we'd we'd be uh, that we'd be relatively happy with. So, yeah. Better than the last day, Andy. Was it? Uh, it's an improvement. I was much better than the last day. I mean, it, it, you know, you could probably spot that from the off. I mean, I think the uh, uh, the appetite and the attitude uh, in the first five ten minutes. Uh, was 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 different from the attitude against against Offaly, uh, and, and I, mean, I don't mean that to be any way 
disrespectful to Offaly. I mean, Offaly set the tempo the last day. I thought we set the tempo today. So uh, that's that's the way it looked. Yeah, it's a big scoring as a side that plays very defensively. So you're happy with that aspect of it? Yeah, look at the, the two goals in quick succession makes makes uh, makes it different. And I suppose a team that are that are set up like that. Uh, it's difficult for them to, to come out then and attack and towards the end there they, they were probably a little bit more open than, than they normally would be. You even, uh, the first six or seven minutes as you said, you set the intensity, set the pace in the first six or seven minutes but then they kind of got their defensive shape and it proved difficult then, I think there was no score for about 14 or 15 minutes, was that a frustrating spell? It was a little bit, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think you're going to dominate any team for, for a full 73 or four minutes. Uh, they got themselves set up. They started turning us over. Uh, we got a little bit sloppy with with our possession, and uh, they punished us. And, and they did what they do very well. I mean, when they turn you over, they attack in numbers, and uh, and they got some good scores. So, uh, having said that, I mean, you know, you got to be able to bounce back from from uh, setbacks like that within a game. Never mind from game to game. So, uh, the response was pretty good. I think I think I think Ben Brennan hit a hit a, a good, very good yeah. free. At a vital stage, you know, it might that might seem a little bit. And threw his boot at one as well when when he was just struggling to break that. Yes. Bank it down. He threw his boot at one from 45 yards yeah. and sailed over. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were important scores. Yeah. 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 Then in the second half, when they had their sentence off and, and the black cards as well, but it didn't really affect how Mead played. You just kept putting the ball on the gas. Yeah, well, look at I mean, whatever happens with with, with referee in the opposition, it's not uh, it's not that's not our business. It's it's out of our control. So I mean, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure. I didn't. Uh, I suppose I, I did see what I, what the sending off was for. I didn't see what the, what the black card was for. But as I say, that's that's not in our control. We're we're trying to improve and we're trying to get better all the time. And that's uh, I think we 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 showed an appetite to do exactly that today. Releasing uh, Donald Kyogen to the wing kind of uh, added an extra dimension then as well to, to an attacking threat, and uh, he was really impressive again today, wasn't he? And Menton as well. And yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think there was again there was there was a number of guys who were very impressive. And it was great to see Power Carnan back in action. I thought I thought he had a huge influence on the game. You know, he there was a couple of times there in the second half when we needed to defend, and he was in the right place and put his body on the line. So I mean, there was. Uh, you know, obviously, Mento and as yeah, well, Arthur Shane Gallagher was immense. You know, and, and good to get, going to get uh, championship action into the likes of Derek Campion and uh, Barry Dardis. Well, Barry was in the last day, Ethan Devine, uh, and the other some of the other newcomers like Graham Riley as well. You know, yeah, yeah. so and James Conlon comes on and kicks three points. James Conlon comes on and does what he does. You know, so you know that's 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 all a bit that's all pleasing. Now you'd have to say at that stage the game had loosened up, but. Uh, that's what he does well. So, yeah. Giving you a headache for the next day, those two guys with James. Anyway, it's a very pleasant headache. I'll, I can deal with that <laughs> headache and any time. You know, and I, look at that's that's the way. And I, you'd have to give credit to Adam Flanagan too. You know, uh, he's he's been very patient throughout the league. He was unfortunate to get injured before the league started, and uh, you know Shane came in and did his job. So Adam adds a different dimension, and I thought I thought he had a big influence in the second half in particular. How important is it to have that impact off the bench? Have you seen the scores Graham Riley and James Conrad? Oh, look, I mean, it's 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 hard work out there. I mean, it's you know, and it's it's maybe unrealistic to expect fellas to do the mileage and and the tackling and and the attacking and all that sort of stuff 
for for you know 75 76 77 minutes that's that's probably unrealistic so it's important that the guys who come in are every bit as uh, as effective as the fellows who go off the result is one thing i assume it's priority number one but to have a performance like that as well off the back of the awfully one must give you plenty of confidence then looking ahead to a semi-final now yeah uh, yeah yeah look at i mean we haven't uh, Obviously, we haven't looked. We haven't looked past today. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get ourselves together. We'll have a look at the video. Loads of areas we can improve in. You know, in that period where where it went from four nil to four all, we we got sloppy with the ball and we gave too much ball away and made a couple of bad decisions at that stage. So, you know, there's definitely areas we can improve in. And uh, of course, I mean, semi final uh, Leinster and Croke Park. That's that's where we aim to be. And. Uh, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it. Just Park Hanlon back at this stage of the year was a big boost. Yes, yeah, I mean, look at I mean, there's a guy who's played, you know, a lot of championship football despite the fact that he's only 24, you know. Uh, so, uh, good to have somebody like that with with his pedigree and with his experience and uh, it adds, you know, uh, it adds to competition and that's that's the important thing. Uh, you know, James James was out with, with, with an injury there today. Uh, and uh, now he's going to have to fight his way to get back in there. So, I mean, that's, that's all very positive. What the injury is there, Andy? Uh, James, you know, went over on his ankle against, against Offaly. Uh, that's why he came off. Uh, Shane has a, has, a, has a calf injury. So, uh, I think they're the only two that we're looking at at the moment. So, so as Andy said there, he was, he was relieved to get the game out of the way. Uh, he was happy with the performance. Uh, also believes that there were certain aspects of the game that will that they can work on, and he was also had, as we had said before the interview there, he was full of praise for um, Parik Harnan yeah, but that, and, and how difficult uh, of a decision that they now have, and which is a headache, as he said, he's happy yeah. to have all day long. Which uh, points to uh, the depth in strength that the, the squad have, you know, and like uh, afterwards we saw. Uh, astonishing display really I suppose in one respect from Dublin you know the power the pace that they play at the tempo is, is something else but they've they've got this massive uh, strength and depth they've got play you know Rock wasn't even playing there you know um, yeah. Michael Dara Michael Dara Conor didn't even on start. the Dublin panel for seven or eight years and it was only his third start and he comes in and he scores 112. Yeah, they, they, they can do without players like Jack McCarthy and these guys and still win all Ireland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I know, in, in previous years. But, uh, but you know, so that's something that we need to uh, develop. And, and Andy is, has worked on that. Andy McAdee and his management team. And now, the, and they are, they've, you know, the, we, we saw uh, some Graham Riley comes on now after... 45 50 minutes using games and huge to, input, yeah, yeah, yeah. adds a lot of momentum. James Conlon is developing into one of those players in a different way, of course. James, uh, not the biggest player in the world, but he certainly has got pace, he's got you know that wizardry that um can, can confuse defenses. And, yeah, and you, you know, he got three points there, was on, on you Saturday, three, so. yeah. A couple of them laid on from I, I know, um, I seen Barry Dardis laid on one from that you'd wonder. Barry's coming in and still trying to establish himself in the forward line and very unselfishly laid the ball off for, for James Conlon for a simple point where you'd wonder, you know, Barry, take your own score, uh, try and make a bit of a name for yourself here would have been easy for him. But it just goes to show that there's a, there, I don't think there is anybody in there playing as an individual. It, it's all been done for the greater good of the team. And you did a, a quick interview or a post-match interview with Killian O'Sullivan, as you alluded to earlier on, after the game. And Killian was saying that the mood in the camp was good as well, and but that they were determined 
to make amends for the performance against Offaly. So we'll just hear uh, your interview with Killian O'Sullivan now here. Certainly had a much brighter mood in the car, in the in the dressing room there, Kelly. In terms of that, that probably reflects what what you feel yourself. Yeah, I think it was just you know, just that performance is a bit closer to who we are as a team and what we've been working on uh, in training and we just felt we didn't get onto the pitch in the off the game uh, and yeah we're just much happier with the performance of today even though it was quite tight up until maybe 15-20 minutes to go and just with the, them having a man sent off it just gave us that bit of extra advantage and, and Carlo player 15 men behind the ball like that that you know a man down really really affects the, uh, that system that they play with so yeah uh, we just use that to advantage then after. But you use that something similar itself in terms of funneling back, everybody who's coming back? And yeah, well, we actually try to we keep our shape as much as possible. It's just, you know, I, I would say we don't have that set plan of putting 50 behind the ball, but if a man goes, you have to go with him. Like, you know, I, I think all teams do that. At some stage, they, they do put 15 behind the ball because there's 15 people going forward. You see Dublin, I guarantee you with, with Kerry, and you see it with Dublin there today, they'll have 15 ads behind the ball at some stage because, you know, it, it, it dictates because they have 15 people attacking, you know, or 14 or 13, whatever it is. So uh, I wouldn't think that's it. It's never set in our plan that that's how many we put behind the ball, but it, we just react to what we see on the pitch sometimes. You're never told apart the bus and such. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, it's more so how we react to what other play, what the other team is doing, you know. So, what did you work on, you know, from the off? What did you sort of say that we've got to improve on? What aspects? I, just, I think the pace that we played the game at. Uh, you know, it's you could see there that if we move the ball quicker, coming out of the forwards. Uh, you're able to break them down a lot quicker uh, just all over the pitch I think the general work rate like you know between you know pressing up on kickouts as well was a big thing that we were trying to work on just our, our strategy in general uh, around the kickouts and around uh, our moving the ball out of defence uh, but overall I think it was just a mental thing that we worked on in terms of our attitude going into the game uh, focusing a bit more on uh, yeah, being up for it being prepared being that pitch you need to be at, yeah. you know, because championship football is so much different to league, you know, and I think maybe I do think that there's, it's so we are so fully focused for the whole league that it is quite draining on the team, uh, and yeah, it's just about recharging maybe over the two weeks and just getting ourselves prepared and up to that pitch that we needed for uh, in the in the uh, similar to the league that bringing that same I suppose uh, form into the uh, into the championship, you know, and I think you, you mentioned it there yourself, yeah, intensity, you know, just that lip, bit lip. It's not. It's not a big jump. It's just that extra five percent. But extra five percent across the pitch. Every every fifteen fifteen ads raising their uh, game by five percent. You know, it, it is. You know, it's huge across the pitch. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. In terms of the last game, though, was there expect there was expectations on you to win well against Offaly? It didn't happen. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was, was that expectation? Would you agree with that? There was. Yeah, there was definitely. You know, coming up from Division One uh, and. You know, people were saying that Offaly were a Division Three team, uh, but I, I really do think that league divisions go out the window when you come to Championship because you said we like we were prepared for that. We we didn't we, we didn't read it like that way at all because we had Kildare the day before Clare Water uh, Clare game uh, Limerick Tipperary like you know form in that sense from the league goes out the window. Uh, 
but yeah maybe the occasion did get to us uh, you know a full, full house in Park Talton uh, and that kind of expectation you could feel it you know as the game wore on they were like what's going on here but credit to the lads you know last year we might have lost that game uh, well this year you know we just dug it out uh, disappointed as we were that it wasn't representing us we were just happy to kind of be going in on further in the Leicester Championship rather than going into the qualifiers again similar to the previous years yeah because was that weight of expectation wasn't there today is that seems to be what you're saying uh, no and, and we wouldn't really be it's be paying too much attention as the expectation of the supporters but what the lads expect to themselves what, yeah, yeah. you know that's, that's what I'm saying the weight, the weight of expectation maybe we put it on our own self right. uh, as a team rather than what outside was uh, the outside perception you know we were just we, we expected more of ourselves against Offaly uh, and we expected more of ourselves again today when we wanted to show that we, I suppose we were relatively happy with what we showed but you know there was some uh, dodgy periods during that half especially when Carlo got back to four all uh, you know you could see people getting a bit edgy on, in the second half they had a goal chance you know that could change the, the whole outcome of the game uh, but credit to Andy Struktal saved it well and uh, you know, he didn't have to do much for the whole game, but you know, when he was called on, he, he reacted well. And you know, so those, there's those little periods that we have to work on for us. What do you think about during those during, when the, the game is that, that intense? Do you sort of think about focusing, staying focused on what you have to do? Or? I'm just thinking about breathing, to be honest. I'm so <laughs> yeah. fucking tired a lot of the time. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, a, yeah uh, it's just, it's next but all really for me. It's, you know, you don't actually want time to be thinking about oh how does this look to the crowd or how does this you know all I'm focusing on okay what's my next job you know after Andy saved it all I was thinking was okay we need a we need an outfit ball here that I need to be getting on or uh, we need to break up the pitch a bit quicker here and put them on the back foot uh, you know you just we have our set jobs or set roles and we're just focusing on that on the pitch you don't have time and if you are if you do find your mind wandering you really shouldn't be on the pitch at that stage if you're thinking of uh, you know, oh geez, that was a close chance. That's for them, or oh, they're coming back at us now. You know, if, if that's where your mind's at, then you need to be. Uh, you need to have a look at yourself. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess so. But it, um, I just wonder, in terms of what pleased you more today, Killian, about your performance? Like, what was the most pleasing aspect? Uh, I suppose we were more clinical. We did take the goal <laughs> opportunities uh, when they came. We created more, uh, and yeah, we did. We responded better, better when. Uh, the last day then when Carlo did get their purple patch you know we didn't go in with it we go into our shell uh, we just stuck to what our game plan was we felt that we hadn't stuck to our game plan the last day against Offaly we kind of just went more individual but you know we stayed uh, stayed focused stuck to our game plan and that would please me a bit more after you know the four, when we went for all that we said okay lads let's settle down we stuck to kept, kept doing what was working for us uh, and uh, we've dividends in the which, end. which was pass the ball move, moving quickly yeah move, move the, the ball, ball quickly move the ball quicker don't be taking it into contact not taking too many plays out of it you know and you can see how, uh, how badly it affects teams when you know someone's taking a hop or solo hop solo well just moving the ball quick getting the ball putting the team in the back foot you know yeah. not to be having us defending the whole time make them defend tire them out run them off the pitch so so the, going into the Lee Shot Westmead game you know the confidence will be high, you know. The things about, you know, there'd be great confidence in the in the squad, which if it wasn't there already. Yeah, the, the confidence. That's what, uh, yeah, I think the confidence is always there in the squad, uh, and it was just I'm happier today that they showed more of it. Uh, uh, and yeah, look, first that's the first two championship wins since what 2014, I think it was for us. Right, it's a good point. Uh, yeah, the Leicester yeah. Championship, you know. So. Uh, 
not a good record, I suppose, to have. But uh, yeah, just delighted to kind of be getting that kind of run out in Co Park now against Leash or Westmead. Yeah, that's uh, something. Uh, yeah. Big pitch. Uh, you know, I think every team seems to think Co Park suits their game. You know, so uh, I'm sure either Leash or Westmead will be saying. Uh, We'll be saying the same about that it suits them, but I'm looking forward to getting that. You, you've played there a few times. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'll be used to it now. Uh, oh, many times, three or four times? Uh, I think more, really. I've played a bit, played a bit minor there, yeah, played yeah. under Mikko during the league. And yeah, so uh, look, I don't think it's, it's not a big deal for me, really. Uh, it's just more so the, the, the pitch, uh, the size of it. And yeah, I just think... It, it, it suits our kind of style of play great stuff and this is uh, so, uh, so yeah Darren, how many years now are you on the, the this is my fourth year this is my fourth year now you know uh, Jesus is flying by I, I, th- I still think I'm a young chap in the panel but I'm kind of looking <laughs> you said young Kelly now uh, yeah I am yeah but like lads are kind of calling me old you know so, yeah, well, so you I, know people think I'm, I've been here years but uh, yeah I, 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 what age are you I'm, I'm 25 uh, am I 25 yeah I am 25 yeah, yeah no, no. That's okay. Some of the young guys coming in yeah, 2021 yeah. and thinking, geez, oh, well. this fella's been here a long while. But yeah, so uh, look, I'm just glad to kind of finally get a bit of a championship run going. Uh, this will be my first year where, you know, we have had those two successive championship wins. So, uh, yeah, just hoping to build on it now and uh, have a long enough summer. Yeah, Killian there, uh, he's talking about how he's, uh, well, he's, 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 sla- he's, you know, slagged sometimes by the, by his colleagues, but the fact that he's, t- but he's only 25, but yeah. he, he's been around the team so often, that, so long now that uh, he, he's seen, he's seen as something of a veteran by some of the other players, but it's all, it's all part of the banter, but that's, you, you alluded to, that's part of a good team spirit as well. Yeah, yeah. And every, I think, you know, the players there, as um, Killian suggested, the players want to, want to play, they want to be part of this project now and um, this is something that um, you know that yeah, the momentum hear, is there great to hear the music blaring out of the dressing room and, and Killian was responsible for a lot of that music and some of it was fairly dodgy but uh, a lot well, of it took was a bit of slagging for, for the ABBA good, songs and the took, did take a good bit of slagging but uh, he is a, he is developing into one of the leaders of the team and he, he's a real calm down to earth uh solid performer for me and a real inspiration for younger players coming in when you look at the likes of Dara Campion who is full of the exuberance of youth probably one of the most skillful footballers that has come through the Mead ranks in the last few years Dara is an exceptional footballer but playing alongside the likes of Killian O'Sullivan um, Brian Menton Donald Keoghan uh, Mickey Newman is going to bring that young fella on so much and, and the same with James Conlon like, uh, James I heard him saying as well um, on the We Are Meat podcast as well I think he was saying that you know to score four points in his two appearances in the championship and probably only played 15-20 minutes and get four points and playing that he's already had more game time than he might have expected mm. in the championship because he's only so young coming in but these boys are learning now they have leaders to look up to which might have been something that had been lacking in the previous three, four, five years where New players were coming in and those leaders weren't really there. But the leaders are there now when, when we look at Menton and Kyogen and Graham Riley and uh, Connor McGill, who's who's really developed into one of the leading full-backs in the country as well, and Mickey Newman. I know Mickey Burke wasn't part of the, the 26 on Saturday, but another vital cog to have in that machine in there. Yes, you alluded to Mickey Newman there. Absolutely, somebody else said to me that he's he's a player who is back. That's what they how they put it. And uh, yes, he is. He's back to 
probably his best. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. the way he was when he came on first in inter county football. Then he had uh, issues with injuries and so on. But um, so he, he was uh, another powerhouse performance for him. One six he got, you know. So, but Fergal, we and missed the penalty and, and, and missed the penalty. Well, yeah. it was a brilliant save, Great wasn't save. it? Yeah, 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 well, yeah by yeah, uh, yeah. a loud man who was playing for Carlo. Robert Sanson, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Fergal, to move on to to Leash. You know, so yeah. uh, it's it, this is it's another step up. It's going to be a considerable step up as they showed against when they beat uh, well, Westmead, who I I have to admit I thought would Westmead would win that. How do you think? This well, is it's the, it's it's the first time since two thousand and fourteen for a start that we'll have had three games in Leinster Championship. Uh, hopefully, we'll have four, but it's also going to be the third game in a row that we will face the, uh, what is Division Three opposition. Uh, we've already beaten Offaly, who survived, Carlo, who were relegated, and now we'll face Leash, who were promoted and will play in Division 2 next year. But yeah, Leash were probably, they were by far the better team, um, I think, on Sunday against Westmead. They were eight points to two up at half time, uh, looked very comfortable. Westmead looked all at sea, but Westmead got back to within a point uh, in injury time in that game and had an opportunity probably to draw a level, but Leash went down and scored their equalising points. So. You know, they're a decent side leash. Uh, they're a team that have always always caused us problems and have never been easy to get over them. I think uh, when we talk about, was it 2014 when, not not 100% sure, but we have played leash recently before. I think the last time we played them, we needed a replay to get over them um, in the championship. Now, we did hammer them earlier on in the year in the O'Byrne Cup in, in dreadful conditions in Port Leash, but that'll count for absolutely nothing when it comes to the Leinster semi-final on Sunday the 9th of June, uh, uh, incidentally at 2 o'clock in Crow Park with the dubs on again after us. But uh, it's it's going to be a tough game. Uh, as you said, definite rise in standard. Leash and Westmead were at the top end of the table. Carlo and Offaly were down at the bottom end. So Leash were beaten in the league final, uh, Division 3 league final. Mead beaten in the Division 2 league final. If you're to go on form and you're to go on those type of, of stacks, facts and statistics, uh, you would have to fancy Mead to get to the Leinster final. Yeah, Leash have always caused me, well, ever since 1985, when uh, Leash beat Mead by 10 points and almost caused uh, Sean Boylan to be removed as team manager. There yeah. was uh, an effort to uh, remove Sean as team manager. Wow, if that had happened, how uh, how Mead football, the course of it might have changed dramatically. But uh, um, you know, Sean survived and went. Of course, went on to greater things. But um, look, uh, Leash will will be a difficult, difficult challenge. Yeah, we we'll look yeah. at that game. We we'll look at that game in a little bit more depth uh, on next week's podcast. Um, this week coming up again, it's it's a busy enough weekend. Uh, Mead minor footballers are in action. Mead ladies are in action. The Mead senior hurlers are in a. A kind of a, it's a dead rubber of a game in terms of who will qualify for the Christie Ring Cup semi-final. Uh, they're playing Roscommon in that league on Saturday yeah. at 1pm. Both teams are true to the Christie Ring Cup semi-final. This game in that league is just to determine who tops the group. Two who tops it, yeah. And that's something to play for. I was talking to uh, Nick Fitzgerald there a couple of days ago as well about this game. And, uh, you know, he's going to he's going to go all out to try and win it because he he, he mentioned how uh, last year, his first year as, as Mead manager, he he had his share of defeats and setbacks. So any victory is, is great. He knows how important it is to sustain a team's belief and momentum and uh, he's certainly be going all out for a victory on Saturday. Now, it's important too. I mean, if they top the table, they play the second team in the other group. 
Uh, we're not sure who that will be yet, but yeah, probably Wicklow, uh, Down, or Derry are yeah, all involved. Yeah, so, so, um, so which is uh, unusual. That's something they aim for. They fixed they fixed the Mead Roscommon and the London Kildare games for one o'clock. They're saying that the last round of games have to be played at the same time. Yet in the other group, the two games are fixed for three o'clock. Which so what's going to happen now is we all know Mead and Roscommon are through to the semi final. So the 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 teams playing in the three o'clock games are now going to have an advantage in that they'll know who's top and who's second in group one, in Mead's group. So they can approach that game and say, well, do you know what, if we lose here, it might be such a bad thing, you know, we'll finish uh, second in the group and we might play, if Roscommon happened to beat Mead, they might mm. prefer to play Roscommon uh, in a Christie Ring Cup semi-final. So they can approach the game in a different manner, not for one second approaching that any, or suggesting that any team would go out to lose a game. But that could be in the back of their mind, uh, especially for the likes of Wick or Derry or Down, who, who are probably... And Wicklow, of course, who are, are in those positions for the, the two of the three, or two, yeah, three teams in for the two spots. It's a fair point, Fergal, but I think it would be uh, a mistake maybe for anybody to underestimate either Mead or Roscommon because yeah. Roscommon, okay, they've gone through something of a revolution in the last year. Yeah. Uh, they've, they have a new coach there. He's he, They've they were hammered by uh, Kildare. You know, bet by 24 points 20, last year yeah, by Kildare yeah. and then turned around and, turn and, and beat them this year. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, so they're they're very they won Division Three A. They beat our man the final. So those teams that are perhaps not well for transformed, it certainly seems like that. Yeah, and, so and, and there won't be any um, won't be pushovers. Yeah, so while it's it's a nothing game really in terms of qualifying for the semi final, I still think Mead would be too strong for Roscommon. Yes, you would. You would think. I think so. Um, now I was saying to um, Nick Fitzgerald, will he retry a few players? Well, he knows he knows exactly what. Uh, players he has who, who you know um, who can bring what to, to the table and he, he spoke as well uh, interestingly about uh, how how important matchups are in yeah. inter-county games and you know studying teams and just uh, knowing your players really well and be able to put them marking players uh, knowing their qualities and what they can can do and uh, you know uh, closing down the opposition danger man um and uh, that way, another uh, another big outing at the weekend will see the minor footballers uh, continuing the defence of their Leinster title when they take on Westmead and Mullingar on Saturday as well, I believe. Yes, Fergal, uh, they've already, of course, uh, de- defeated Offaly and Wexford lost to Dublin, but they, this again we talked about momentum there a while ago. They seem to be finding mo- that momentum uh, as well, and that's very important. And you know, we'll we, we certainly you would. Probably Westmead again. It's another big. It's a big jump up for them. But yeah, a We're expecting another tough game there, as we said in Mullingar on Saturday for the Miners. Uh, the Mead Ladies are also starting their Leinster Intermediate campaign. Of course, they won the Intermediate title in twenty seventeen. The Leinster Intermediate title surprised a lot of people by beating Wexford in that final. So they start in Partholchen on Sunday at two o'clock against Leash. Um, Eamon Murray will be hoping for a victory in that one. Um which would go a long way towards determining you know just what route they will have to take then to trying to get back to an all Ireland final. Yeah, I mean they're they're um on a on a winning streak aren't they, you know, and they're it would be difficult to uh, I think that they'll 
probably be a very strong favourites to win this game. Yeah. They really are they really are on form. They're well prepared, well motivated by Eamon and uh, you know, they they had their league campaign and deservedly got got out of the division, division three and now, you know, they, they can push on and win the championship. On Friday night then as well, the uh, minor hurlers will have an opportunity to bounce back. They took a bit of a trouncing last weekend from Kildare in the Leinster Minor Hurling Championship, but they go into the uh, Padder Lahan Cup, which of course Padder is a a well, or was a well-known boards mill man. Well, he was he was a Cork man, I think, and uh, but got involved with the boards mill club and well-renowned in GA circles. But the All Ireland Minor Hurling B Championship Cup is named after Padder Lahan. So Mead go into that and face West Mead on Friday night in that. So hopefully the Mead lads will be able to bounce back from you'd, you'd, yeah from a disappointing defeat there. So heavy de- the heavy defeat to Kildare. Heavy, heavy defeat. Very disappointing, yeah, which after a good display against Antrim the previous week, mm-hmm. it's disappointing to leave. I think it was 7, 7 23 or 7, to one, yeah, 7 to 23 one. to 1-7 yeah. they were beaten in that game. So uh, it'll be one they'll want to quickly forget about and they have a perfect opportunity to bounce back now against West Mead. Um, yeah. The under-20s are also in action. Uh, just where and when, nobody is quite sure. I think they're playing tonight against Monaghan in Inniskeen, even though that we were led to believe that that game could have been at the weekend or Thursday night uh, or Wednesday night, one or the other. The, the yeah. fixtures, mm. the under-20 development league, uh, the fixtures seem to be a bit of a mystery at the minute. We, we It's hard to get official fixtures on them. Right, footballers. Uh, footballers, yeah, yeah, yeah. The under-20. Uh, Barry Callahan <laughs> has, a, has a good team put together there. Few players off last year's minor team that won the Leinster and got to the All Ireland uh, semi final as well. So there's uh, plenty of uh, good talent coming through in Mead. And if anybody's mm. interested in and, a and scheme, that, tonight. and that's something else we I'd like to see personally, Fergal. Clear that trust. Excuse me. Excuse me. Is the uh, is ba- is players like. Uh, you know, former players coming back into the system. Yeah. You know, can, you can imagine the, the wealth of experience that somebody like Barry has and he's he's so he's passionate about Mead football and you'd love to see more of that. I think, you know... The, well, the, you have it there now and Andy McEntee is a former Mead player. Yeah, he is, yeah. Barry is the under-20 manager. Conor O'Donoghue, okay. Um, but a coaching level, not just manager, not yeah. you know, not just... Uh, you have Donald Curtis there as well, uh, Jerry Cooney, players like people like that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's plenty of like Conor Gillespie is involved with the minors as well and Vinnie Ryan is involved as well. Like... Uh, you have good men in charge in, involved with the junior me juniors as well. Of course, are out. I think Wednesday week. Davy uh, Nelson. So tomorrow too. night, tomorrow night week. Um, they take on Loud and Navin in the Leinster Junior semi final. <coughs> so it's a busy few weeks coming up. Uh, especially next week is going to be a bit mental. And on, on, when you think on the Wednesday night, you have the juniors. Uh, Friday night, there's there's another game scheduled to be played. Saturday, you'll have the Christie Ring Cup semi-final and on the Sunday then you'll have Mead and Leash in, in Crow Park that's the following week but it's just all go it's a very busy time of the year Jimmy and uh, plenty for everybody to look forward to plenty uh, it's, uh, look Fergal it's great for to be personally I know we're, we're talking about the Leash match um, in the, more next week but it's great to be to be going looking forward to going to Crow Park for Mead supporters uh, we once regarded it as the home of Mead football but then we we didn't play there for ages. Yeah, uh, yeah, Killian, yeah. I know the players are certainly looking forward to it, and well, supporters as well. Yeah, well, you heard Killian O'Sullivan mention earlier on about how you know playing in Crow Park would suit me, the big wide open space. I'm sure it'll suit a lot of teams, but uh, they're looking forward to getting back there. Jimmy, there's plenty of other things we we could discuss in in terms of meat sport, but uh, conscious of of time here as well, that we want to keep our podcast to the 40, 45 minutes. 
uh, we don't want to send people off to the land of nod too early so uh, we'll round up <laughs> well, our, it only uh, happens when you start singing for yeah yeah we'll, and we'll leave it at that we might sing on Saturday night maybe after the Champions League final but uh, Jimmy Gagan thanks very much for joining us in studio today good. and I'm Fergal Lynch and you've been listening to Talk a Good Game